0: Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. So here we are, it's episode 20, and this week, I think we're talking about something I find actually pretty interesting, because just talking about how you determine you know what we're talking about is who the best player in each franchise is but I think it's an interesting question of how you determine that because you have some of these franchises that have changed drastically over their history and and you know, we're probably going to get into trouble with some
1: people because it, this is just a matter of opinion yeah we're thinking who we based on what we've seen and, and what we what we evaluate and we'll talk about a little bit about the evaluation aspect of this but yeah and just kind somebody's of somebody's going to be upset that we didn't pick their favorite player
0: exactly and like one of the toughest Questions to answer at first is you have these franchises, like just to bring up the Dodgers sort of as an example. That like, you've got the Dodgers, who were a story franchise in both Brooklyn and Los Angeles. But the fans, like, the fans I think we've kind of talked about in the past, the fans of both of those franchises, while there is some crossover, it's less and less with each passing year, obviously, and it's a disconnected history. So who is the best? Is it one for each? Is it only? Are are there great L.A. Dodgers left off because a guy from Brooklyn needs to get included? Should it should it be since nineteen sixty or, or something? And that's a team that kept the same name, right? What right. if you took some of these teams that changed names? There's almost no connection to the old identity at that point.
1: I think in the case of the Dodgers, uh, you have to look back at you know the the history in the in the fifties and sixties. That was. In such an important part of their history when they moved to Los Angeles, uh, and that move was so significant. So you have to consider
0: that if Mm -hmm. if we're, we're going to look at it mostly, I would say, maybe not entirely as modern. I think it's just easier if you keep it that way. Cause then otherwise it gets, it gets a lot trickier just because they're, and then you're getting, you're comparing a lot of times guys from like a really old era of baseball where it's the same, but not quite the same.
1: Right for this for this old baseball fan, right? Any list that you talk about all time players that doesn't include guys like Walter Johnson and Jimmy Fox, but those guys played a hundred or ninety years ago. So we're going to try to put that aside. We may reference them now and again because those were great dynamic players. But the Philadelphia A's are a long way from the Oakland days, and by the way, they went through Kansas City also.
0: But I think on average, still, this list is going to be the type of list, and these discussions are going to center on players that are generally older, just because the onset of free agency. Has changed how players are with their franchises. It's much more unusual for a single guy to stay with one franchise over his entire career, where that used to be every player for the most part. Well, and Kurt Flood, you know, and the reserve clause back in
1: 1970 made all the difference because he fought for it. Uh, and eventually the, the league had to succumb to it. And then players were able to make some deals so they didn't have to spend their entire career with the team simply because they couldn't get out of the contract.
0: Exactly. So I think it's just an Interesting. That has an interesting kind of ripple effect on a discussion like this just because guys tend to spend more time – with bunch of – they're spending the majority of their career with a bunch of different franchises as opposed to just one.
1: So let's let's go down um, the list and we'll go team by team. And I, I think um, we just kind of started almost in the way the team's finished this year. Um, so just because it was there, yeah. Because it was there, just a way to look at it. So, OK, give me um, your all-time f- um, best at, – uh, at, we'll call it Atlanta Brave. I'll let you go to Milwaukee if you want, but not Boston.
0: I think this one's kind of easy in some respects. Just because this is one of the one of those things where it's like it's a, like it's like there's a couple franchises where I think it's like this. It's like it's Hank Aaron,
1: right, right, and and, and I'd agree 100. percent But for those, there are a lot of people, you know. Um, oh, there
0: are great, great that brains. have never seen
1: Frank Aaron play. That are giant baseball fans. You now. say Just
0: Frank Aaron, Hank Aaron,
1: <laughs> Hank Aaron. Sorry, uh, Hank Aaron, who have never seen him play. Bad Henry, as it were. Um, and there's some other great. Braves, who should mm-hmm. be on that all-time list. Guys like Eddie Matthews. Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox, for sure. Warren Spahn, possibly the greatest lefty of all time.
0: Yeah, but it's like the problem in this, it's one of those things where it's like the problem is your competition is Hank Aaron.
1: Right, and and Hank Aaron just represents everything good about baseball and a guy who, who not only held the all-time home record was, was a long-time contributor to that, never won a World Series in Atlanta, but he did win one with Milwaukee when Before they they moved to Atlanta, so I think that you know that having that championship kind of helps a little bit. I think think it does. If you're an all time player, especially in
0: the context of being a franchise's greatest player, because this is something where it's like what you brought to that team, and having a championship's a big deal. And there's going to be a lot of times where it's like, yeah, but that guy was the key player on the the one team that world the one that we were series for that franchise kind of big deal now of course we're going to eliminate a couple of teams
1: who have not won championships that being the padres and the and the rockies in the national league um so you're not going to be able to have a guy be the number one player because he was a, a world series on a world series winner if they never won exactly so um okay how about um how about the Marlins? Uh, I'll, I'll go for the Marlins first. Mm-hmm. And, and my all-time Marlin is going to be a guy who now plays for the Yankees. It's Giancarlo
0: Stanton. I, I think this is a really hard one because they haven't really been around that long. So, And because they've been a team that's only existed during the free agency era and because of the way they're run as an organization – they haven't had many guys stick around with them and had storied careers,
1: specifically this team. And I just you know, I just sort of you know, went back on what I said before because Stanton did not win a World Series with the Marlins, and yet I, I pick him as the all time Marlin. And guys like Josh Beckett, you know, was a pitcher on a world series they won two uh, world yeah, series. They won
0: they won a World Series in ninety seven and then a World Series in, in 03. 03. Yep. But I don't think Beckett was a part of the 97 No, one. he
1: was only the second one.
0: I think the only guy that might have been a
1: part of both with Louis Castillo. Uh, I think you might be right. He also holds like a bunch of Marlon all-time He was records. one of
0: their better, but like it's tough for me, especially catch, as a Mets fan. He can't catch a pop fly. Yeah, especially as a Met fan to say he was the best player in franchise history. That because he right. was just like a really good second baseman. Yeah, yeah he, he hit o-
1: 290 for his career. I think He's a guy solid like player, Hanley Ramirez stuff. might be up yep, there. yep. I'd but agree.
0: Again, like a lot of his really amazingly uh, productive years actually were for the Red Sox and the Dodgers.
1: And, and we don't put Miguel Cabrera or I didn't put Miguel Cabrera on this list, even though he won a World Series with the Marlins as a very young player, was a very good player. But he, I think he only spent four or five years with y- the Marlins. Y- yeah,
0: and he would you would definitely count as probably he would be up there for another franchise. Certainly.
1: Right, right. So I, I think there there is, although you can't limit it to years, I I, I kind of feel you got to be there for my feeling is something like seven or eight. Years at least, in order to be a franchise's best player. I mean, if you were there for four years, how could you be the franchise's best player? You, then? That just doesn't work. I don't feel that way either. Um, okay, so how about you with the Phillies? Uh, there's an oh you no, know, one of the other things, but the Phillies are, are an old team.
0: They're an old team, but.
1: They should have a lot of guys. So all the old teams, right? You know that go back to the turn of the. Oh, they 20th have century. they have
0: some old guys, and there's still some actually some newer guys on there. I and would, they I would have say. never moved. They've been Philly the entire time. But I think this is actually another pretty easy one. Yeah, I think so too. It's Mike Schmidt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like like you have you guys like Steve Carlton. You've got even guys like Jimmy Rollins is up there, but. None of those guys are Mike Schmidt.
1: You know, some some uh, Philly fans would tell you Dick Allen was a terrific player, um, you know, should be on that list. And and as much as I don't like the player, I'd have to throw Chase Utley in there as an all-time Philly. Yeah, but yeah.
0: But my, Michael guys. Jack Schmidt yeah, like, like, is the guy. Because Schmidt's a— He's in the conversation for GOAT for third base. Oh, I'm not in the conversation. Wait, like he's one of the – no, no, I'm talking about – if you're drawing up your short list, he's probably one of like two or three guys on that list. Who's number two even? Maybe Robinson. Robinson. Brooks Robinson, just from a defensive side, st- oh, well, a, a, a better defender than Schmidt, right? But a Schmidt was it infinitely more devastating. But, but Schmidt had the glove player. and he had exactly. They're, they're, Eddie
1: they're, Matthews was a great third baseman, but again, Michael. He Schmidt. wasn't Michael. Yeah, Smith. yeah, I, I feel Mike Schmidt is the guy yeah. there for sure.
0: So I think that's an easy one. So then next, I think this is an interesting one because uh, they were an expansion franchise as well, and they've never been one that's had a ton of success up until very recently. So. I don't know if it would be any of the recent guys, but the Expos and the National franchise. And
1: and thank you for saying Expos National. Because the Nationals themselves have only been around for, what, uh, 15 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. When they moved from Montreal, I think after 2004. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the Expos came in the league, as we said, in 1969. And they had some great – but never won a World Series. The Nationals did it. Um, But I I think – I think
0: in my mind, it actually only comes down to three guys. Okay. Maybe four, but I I think three is more fair. I think the three guys are two Expos and one Nationals players. Mm -hmm. You got uh, Gary Carter.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: Obviously, Gary Carter. I'd say Tim Raines deserves to be on there. Yes. And then Ryan Zimmerman.
1: Ooh. Okay, so I have a giant Ryan Zimmerman bias. I don't like this player. You don't like him? I never like this player. He deserves to be on there. That guy
0: has been with – he was the number one pick. The, he was like their star player from the very beginning of the Nationals as a franchise. He's been with them the entire career. He just the,
1: hung around oh, there for a long time. But he time. was a good player, for a very good player. I, I, would, I would not – I would not pick Zimmerman. I I, I love Gary Carter uh, and Rock. And maybe Rains. Strasburg. Um, I I think Strasburg, and for a couple of reasons, Strasburg. And that is, uh, unlike Bryce Harper, he was there for the championship last year. He's pitched ten years yeah, he's for been, the Nationals. And he's been a National his whole and life. His record, his career record, is dynamite. It's, it's very one hundred and twelve and fifty, or something. Yeah. It's very very good. So so I like that better, and I like that better than Zimmerman. But I admit my Ryan Zimmerman bias. Mm. And then, and then there's another easy one, and 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 it's it's our favorite team, and and I think pretty much anybody that thinks about the Mets, that knows anything about the Mets, knows who we're gonna pick.
0: Yeah, I, I think we could just go straight into the honorable mentions for this one okay, because okay. it's just like so. so the I think th- there's two guys I think that compete for number two. Well, they say, say number one first. Okay, fine. Tom Seaver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We um, all know it. We, we don't need to talk about we had, it.
1: We had a bottle. My friend Mark Ricard uh, got me a bottle of GTS George Thomas Seaver wine. Seaver made great wine. It was a fantastic. So when he passed away recently, uh, sat down on a Saturday night and just poured a glass and thought of Tom Terrific. Uh, clearly, clearly the number one. Longevity, performance, World Series, all those things. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So then for number two, I think it comes down to two guys. I do too. Piazza and Wright.
1: Yeah, you know, I I wanted to argue Jerry Kuzman a little
0: bit. Um and and I tried. He just doesn't mean the same thing. Those two guys what they mean to the franchise is just so much more.
1: And then that is as much to do that that uh, Kuzman was uh obfuscated by Seaver, right? like exactly. being the number 2 guy and even though he pitched for two pennant winning teams, one World Series team, i um, pitched a long time for the Mets. He oh! Had, had a long career with the Mets and as an excellent pitcher.
0: But Wright was Captain America for the Mets, and he he is one of the most beloved players in franchise. And Piazza history. looked like Captain America. And, and, and Piazza <laughs> and Piazza has the home run, yeah, after 11 yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's such that's not a Met moment. That is a baseball moment.
1: And he also made the franchise relevant after they weren't. That was a huge thing to that have him a come in and suddenly change thing. the way that. I would honorable mention as as a fifth guy, Doc Gooden, who pitched most of his productive seasons with the Mets as this a wasn't great pitcher. Of them. Well, that was actually there were quite a few, but he doesn't. Meet Seaver, certainly, no. and, and might not even meet Kuzman as far as I'm concerned. Yeah,
0: and so then I, I think it's interesting because, you know, from the Mets, now we move from the NL East to the NL Central, and you've got a lot more storied franchises in, in, just in terms of the length that they've been around. I think it's interesting because looking at the Central, there's a lot of teams where I think it's actually kind of easy to call who the best player in franchise history is, or it's it, it's really hard for some teams just because the competition is so insane.
1: So, you know, we start with this year's Central Division winner, the Cubs.
0: And I think this is an easy one. Uh,
1: I, I, I'm I'm glad that you you would think so. Uh, and anybody that's a Cub fan w- would agree. I, I didn't see him play as his primary position when he won back to back MVPs. As a shortstop, he was a first baseman um, by the time that I started watching him play. And that's Mr. Sunshine, Ernie Banks. Yeah, like it's Ernie Banks. But how about how about your honorable mentions there? So you've got you've got a bunch of other great Cubs, and I'm assuming Hack Wilson, who had the has the National League record for RBIs of 190 in a season back in In 1930 or something like that, um, is not on your list.
0: No, <laughs> I, I think it's a guy like Ryan Sandberg.
1: Yeah, that guy, too. that dude was a player. That dude was a great player. In fact. Some to some reason, I think he's almost underappreciated today a little bit how good he was. Because I, I, from what I recall,
0: I not be didn't win. wrong about this. <laughs> they were not particularly good when he was there.
1: They made it to the playoffs in 84 um, and lost to the Giants, but he didn't get a lot of postseason opportunities.
0: And especially back in the day when the majority of your national exposure was through the postseason it gets a little bit harder if you're not making it consistently there to have your name be known in the same sort of way.
1: Uh, another guy I put on the list – and it's, it's funny. I have three guys on my list that all played together with Ernie Banks. Uh, Ron Santo. You may not know that much about Ron Santo. Um, I third never, baseman? He was a third baseman, yeah. and a, And a and – a, Uh, Average hitter, great fielder, um, in the race every year for MVP. But I guess I was just a little too young when I first started watching him play. And he looked like a good, not great player. Um, And and he passed away, sadly, uh, not long ago before he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I Mm. think that's one of the sad things uh, about Ron Santo, that he didn't get to see himself inducted. Um, Really good player, and and probably not on most people's list. And then a guy that I really thought was a great player who was um, not in the Hall of Fame is Billy Williams. I, can't, I do not
0: know particularly much about Mr. Williams.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Billy Williams played first base – um, big, big, strong left-handed hitter. Hit 470 home runs. Pretty good. Battered at, for average. Played on those Cubs teams back in the 50s and 60s. Was on the 69 Cub team. That was a great team. Uh, so I, I, I would have him on my list. The, again, the thing about the Cubs is they've been around since you know 1902 or something like that. So it's really hard. They, actually, they predate the, the 20th century because yeah. they were called something else. Um, there's going to be a lot of players on there. Yeah, the players that's that where were,
0: it gets really hard yeah, in these yeah. like, like some of these just ancient franchises. But when
1: you don't win a World Series from, you know, they won in – they were in the World Series in 06. They lost to the White Sox. They won in 7 and 8. And then they didn't win again until 2016. So that's going to be hard to be an all-time cup to some degree because you don't have that championship that goes yeah, with – That kind of helps
0: elevate you above your peers. I think so
1: too. So the second place team, and I and I, and I I give us a little credit because we talked about this before this and season. And then we
0: thought they were a dark horse. Uh, would be the Reds who uh, who went out ingloriously. Yes. To- <laughs> they went out red. Right- but it, they did not go out well. But I think it's interesting because this is where this one's a little bit trickier, I think, because this is a pretty good two horse race. Well, and and the Reds,
1: actually, the Cincinnati Redlegs, they go back to the 1800s as well. So mm. we're not going to go back into the pool and start picking up the, uh, you know, 1909 Cincinnati Reds or the 1940 Reds who won a championship. Uh, we're no, going to talk but, about but these guys recently. are a little
0: more recent than that, in my mind.
1: So who's your number one?
0: This is hard. I think this is one of the hard this is probably the hardest one I we've I had so with far. That. I think I go with Pete Rose. I had him number one, too. First, I had Johnny Bench number one. Because, yeah, he's the other one.
1: <laughs> and then I had Pete Rose. And I thought, again, I feel the there's, there's ignominy here that the guy who has the most hits is not in the Hall of Fame. And and so I feel like if he's not the best player on the team, you know, I can't jump up and down and scream for him to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's the best Red of all time. Yeah, he's. Uh, the, I, I think it is really
0: him or Bench. And there are
1: other great players for the Reds. I, went, I Right, right. Obviously, Joe Morgan, who played on that big red machine, uh, terrific player. Um, and Frank Robinson, you know, Frank Robinson, who won an MVP in the National League before he went to the American I League, really as we won. talked about, and won one with the Orioles. I and, didn't,
0: I, for some reason, I didn't think he was a red.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Played for the Reds in the 50s, he won the 56 MVP. <laughs> um, terrific player, um, and the first uh, African American manager in the major leagues. So Frank Robinson is on that list. But to me, clearly, it's Pete Rose, the guy with the most hits, um, with Johnny Bench as as an honorable mention, who I could probably have a discussion as possibly the greatest catcher of all time.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where it's tricky, is that like Bench – is such an unbelievable but it's just like that's what you're going to get there's gonna be a couple of these franchises i think we have another one coming up right after this that might be even harder
1: (laughs) yes i think uh, that's i think
0: the next one might be the hardest or the second hardest because we all know that there's a certain american league team that's just about impossible
1: right well and again the cardinals with their multiple championships they've got lots of guys who packed that in their saddlebag that i was on a world series winner so they're going to have that credit and um you know the the two guys that I think that come up at the top of that list, and when I wrote, because one of the two guys, I, I have him as number two, Bob Gibson just passed away this week. Um, and, and I put that up. He's arguably the greatest Cardinal of all time. And I don't get a lot of, uh, uh, spit back on, on, on social media, but I got a few people going, Stan Musial is the greatest of all time. I, I, Stan
0: the, the man. And there's still other guys that are unbelievable players for the Cardinals that you're not talking about. Rogers Hornsby. Right. How can Rogers Hornsby not be the greatest Cardinal ever? Uh, and, and I mean, then you still have guys like Albert Pujols. Right. He wasn't even on my list. And, and he is When you look at the stats that that man had for the Cardinals, wow.
1: And, and and careers you know that go back in time with older Cardinals, and again, this is a continuous franchise, so we can talk about the Cardinals of the 30s.
0: Exactly. They, they, they And that's a leg up that, it's interesting, it's a very interesting situation, because in some ways it gives them a leg up, because since you've had so many more right. years, you could have so many more players that have played for you, but at the same time, I think that also makes it a lot harder to figure out who it is, because there's so many more guys that are out
1: right, there. Right, right. I put Enos Slaughter as, oh, you can't forget about Enos Country Slaughter, that guy had an amazing career and was on a World Series. Winner uh, or two, uh, Dizzy Dean, yeah. you know, and, and not only a character, one heck of a pitcher. Uh, and right, I just
0: don't think he measures up quite towards the top end. No, no.
1: So my number one, I'd put Musial at, at number one. But but just you could make y- you
0: you could sit here all day and argue between him. And I love Bob
1: Gibson. Bob Gibson. Just love that. I love that player. I
0: love that player. So next, you have an another. I think an interesting franchise for this discussion because I, I, I think this is actually one where. Again, it's a two dog race, and I think I, I think I feel differently about this one than you do.
1: Well, I think you didn't see the guys play. All right, you probably yeah. didn't see everybody play. So if you've only seen one, um, but yeah, and and the Brewers, you know, came into the league uh, in in the uh, I think the seventies, and you know, so they've had a fifty year history. Uh, they haven't won a World Series, so there's nobody on their team who can carry makes that a around. With them. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So who's your number one?
0: Molitor. Huh. Okay, and I have Robin Yount as my number
1: 1. You probably never saw Robin Yount play, not. so and and you look at his statistics
0: and they look No, I I don't good. think I saw Molitor play for the Brewers.
1: Right. He I was, do remember him playing for the Twins. He was a by that time he was a DH. In fact, he he was a very Capable infielder mm-hmm. at second base uh, and sometimes third base uh, for the Brewers but early in his again, career. Again, that's during
0: a fuzzy part of my memory. Where oh yeah, the Brewers are back in the AL Central at that point.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. So he could be DHing then, right, which he couldn't do the, this year. Um, now, how about a couple of honor, honorable mentions? Who else you got as as all
0: time Brewers? I think a guy that from the modern era you kind of have to talk about is Ryan Braun.
1: Yeah, we've talked about him before. And, he's and his, a hall of very good.
0: He, right he's now, been a Brewer his whole career. Yep, he yep. won an MVP with the Brewers. Yep, yep I he's, agree. He's on. Been he's helped them to their deep playoff runs in the recent years that they have had occasionally.
1: And I, and, I, and I think we talked about the fact that his defense, was because he even has a gold glove in there, I, his defense was better than I know him for. for some reason I think, think he's not great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I put him on the list. I'd also put, and this is just for Brewers fans only, Cecil Cooper on my list, because Cecil Cooper was a great player for the Brewers for a long time on, on pretty good teams. They did go to the World Series in 82 and lost to the Cardinals, so the, the young was on that team. So you get a little bit of that, because that was so exciting for Milwaukee, where they'd never been to the World Series, and and then they go and they lose the uh, World Series to Keith Hernandez. And the 82 Cardinals. So, a storied franchise that also has a, a history that goes back to 1900, I think even before, would be the Bucks, the Pittsburgh Pirates. There's a lot of guys at this Why one. They've been things. around for forever, right? There's for a lot years. of guys. This is a. So, who, who is your number one pirate of all time? I have an emotional choice that's the problem. That's
0: the problem. (laughs) Is that how do you not pick Clemente? Like like, like, it's Clemente.
1: Love that player just like I do Bob Glipson. He was one of my heroes as a kid that he passed away so tragically trying to deliver supplies on New Year's Eve. Exactly. Right, but, and World Series winner multiple times. Yeah, um, Roberto Clemente, uh, which they tried to make him Bob Clemente in a horrible baseball card, you know, <sighs> yeah, mess back in the uh, in in the sixties and seventies. But he wouldn't be in my number one because I think that Deval is a guy who was way at the beginning of the twentieth century. Who, if you look at his stats, you just you just can't believe him and, and and look him up. It's Honus
0: Wagner, and by the way, Honus is just one cool name. <laughs> yeah, and it is a cool name, but it's just like. That's such a, this is one of those ones where it's hard. Yeah, I, I think,
1: I, I said that Clemente for an emotional reason and for his contributions to the game. Um, and Honus Wagner actually had some pretty interesting contributions to the game. It's just, that were, he's just from this
0: era of baseball that we just don't talk about in the same way.
1: So he was the guy that. They put his picture uh, on a baseball card and put tobacco in there. And he made them not release the card because he didn't believe in smoking. This is back like in 1909. Th- that's wild, actually. Right. So so the most valuable baseball card for years was the Honus Wagner 26-whatever-01 card because he, he stopped them from printing them because he wouldn't allow his likeness to be used because they were selling it with tobacco. Hmm. So anyway, he gets a little cred for that, right? We give Clemente cred for his, you know, contributions on and off the field. Um, but certainly those two guys, uh, honorable mentions to Ralph Kiner, who had a short but but terrific career, home runs. I think he led the league in home runs ten years in a row, which is pretty good. Um, pretty good. And Willie Pops Stargell.
0: Oh yeah, that's the thing. You start. There's just lists of just these unbelievable. But
1: they're not the greatest pirates of all exactly. time. But they're great pirates, great all time pirates. right? Certainly, you, you could do a team about that Um, okay so you talked about them before right and we said about their history i'm interested to see how you're going to handle this because as we talk about the superbas uh and then they were the robins before they were actually called the dodgers not until 1932 uh they played in brooklyn until 1958 when they moved to los angeles uh where they remain today
0: And I think the way I'm going to answer this is to take the coward's way out. (laughs) So the Brooklyn Dodgers greatest player of all time is obviously Jackie Robinson. I don't think you'll find many people that would be able to disagree with that one. And then I'll name the Los Angeles' Dodgers' greatest player of all time, Sandy Koufax.
1: You're a chicken, but you're right.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll take the coward's way out on this one. Yeah,
1: you're a chicken, but you're right. I had I had both those guys on my list, and it's hard to choose between those two it,
0: guys. It almost feels unfair to have to choose between them.
1: And, and by the way, I said before that Warren Spahn might be the greatest lefty of all time, and yet Sandy Koufax might be the greatest pitcher of all time. He was left-handed. How can I say that longevity yeah so so, so spawn pitched twenty two years um and and Kofax you know obviously had to had to leave the game when he had closer to ten years. But his ten years was so amazing.
0: Exactly. It's like there's like there, there's an aura of dominance. Or Eleven years, the, the best it was. pitcher of all time needs to have. And whereas the best lefty pitcher of all time doesn't necessarily need to hold that same level of dominance.
1: The two can exist together. At least in this show, they they're going to they're going to exist together. Um, honorable mention to uh, I, I still know a few Brooklyn Dodger fans uh, who revere the Duke Duke Snyder as one of the greatest center fielders of all time. When you had Mays, Mantle, and Duke Snyder playing center field in new york at the same time and who was the best of the three it was a little like the jeter garcia para a rod uh, a rod thing that went
0: on with shortstops you know back in the 90s Um, i think you could even still mention a guy like don drysdale as being somebody that deserves to be talked about in that same kind of fashion koufax and drysdale man can you imagine
1: them being on the same staff that's unbelievable yeah that's pretty good you don't want to really do that
0: and then i think what's interesting is then when you look at the rest of this division there's so much more recent yeah. They don't have the same kind of length of franchise that except for the Giants. Except for the Giants. Except for the Giants. But and I think so Gi- we to
1: talk about the Giants because are you going to talk about San Francisco Giants or are you going to talk so let's let's start first with with the team we'll keep, that we'll finished keep going second, second to the Dodgers. But I this
0: think this year. is this is almost a less fun one to talk about because it's Tony Gwynn and it's the Padres. like uh, it's, it's, it's Gwynn.
1: Yep. Yep. And I think far and away Tony Gwynn is the greatest The
0: Padre only guy that I, I think you could have even remotely in that discussion is trevor hoffman
1: and and i i I might got into trouble for saying this i always looked at trevor hoffman as a bit of a compiler he's just not tony Gwynn. no no he's not tony gwynn hoffman was there a long time and got a lot of saves when the saves was a valuable statistic but yeah not tony gwynn and who else well um great great padres of all time Uh, dave winfield would have to go on that list hall of fame player jake Um, Peavy. Yeah, yeah, I like Jake Peavy on that list, actually. And he pitched,
0: was a really good pitcher for them for a long and time. And
1: that's the thing about I, – I like about putting him at least in, in the conversation as a guy who would be considered because of his longevity with the, and with the Padres. And you think about
0: what these guys mean to these franchises. I, I could imagine for – like, because I remember the Padres were not very good when I was growing up, but – they had Jake Peavy, and so once every five days, you could at least get excited because you got to see Jake Peavy pitch. Yeah, he was that good a pitcher. He was that good a pitcher.
1: So, uh, if we go to one of the, the the storied franchises in the history of baseball, uh, the New York now San Francisco Giants, are you going to pick the New York? Are you going to pick them both? Uh, I guess we're gonna. I'm going to pick them both because I, I I look over time and there's a lot of great Giants. Um, there is a greatest Giant in my opinion.
0: I think because you could put him on the same tier as player as this, uh, as the other guy. But the, I I think it comes down to two guys. And I think that you have Maze and you have Bonds. Right, right. But I I think that because Maze is actually a player that's on the same tier as Bonds and isn't connected to performance enhancing drugs. You can kind of put Mays up there above him. That,
1: that's a that's a good argument and probably one I'd make. Although I think we both feel strongly that Barry Bonds should
0: be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think was, it, I think in this case it's just because very it's very unusual to have uh, a guy like that's as good as Barry Bonds in that same kind of conversation. And you do in this case.
1: I, I, I it's certainly in terms of his impact on the game, uh, multiple MVPs and championship. Um, now I, I looked at the Giants going way back when, and growing up, you read about Christy Mathewson, right? I mean, this—just forget. It. You know, even I didn't see him play. By exactly. the way, exactly. Um, but you know, the these stories about he and Mel Ott, you know, with the leg kick uh, hitting home runs in the Polo Grounds over that short right field porch of two ninety six. That um, is short. He hit five hundred and ten home runs, and Mel Ott was one of the great it, players of all time. But the problem is his
0: competition. Both hit over 600.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. But I, I, I guess it's just a shout out to old Giant fans who say, hey, those guys were pretty great players. And Christy Mathewson in another era would have been the greatest Giant of all time. I'll put it to you that way before oh. Willie Mays came
0: around.
1: Hey. It's not nearly as long an era, though. <laughs> um, well, let's, um, let's finish it out with two, uh, I guess, also runs in the NL West this year. Uh, the, the Rockies uh,
0: finished fourth, I believe. Um, who's the all-time greatest Rocky? I think this is one where I feel like I'm kind of doing one guy short here because I'm going to knock him for having played some pretty productive years for another franchise where the other guy has played played every season for the Rockies in his career. So I think it comes down to Todd Helton versus Larry Walker. Okay. And I think I go with Helton. Me too.
1: I think because – Now, it isn't because you saw Todd Helton play for the New Haven Ravens back when you were in Little League and you
0: and, – and you It does help. F- does help. That does help. That you have brownie okay, points. Okay. I've seen okay. him. He might have even signed something for me at one point Thought I'd, I have no idea where it would be now. But he was a – Rocky for life.
1: Rocky for life. Rocky for life. Right. Uh, Larry Walker had some very productive years with the Montreal Expos. Yeah. Okay. So not that he wasn't a Rocky and whatnot. So I think that to me gives the nudge. Hilton is not yet in the Hall of Fame. He should be. Walker just got in and I think Hilton will be joining him. Hilton will be joining him. Yeah. And I put a couple of other guys on there, one of whom I know you like a lot. And Mm -hmm. the other might open some eyes. But if you look at his statistics – and he played 10 years with the Rockies. um, So that would be Tula Witski. I have him actually fourth. And he played 10 years, very productive years with the the Rockies.
0: Oh, yeah. Tula was really good for them. And I think the other guy is Arenado. And I think Arenado is the kind of guy where if he – plays his whole career for them he could because he'll be a hall of famer if he keeps playing like this
1: imagine if they win a world series with him there with him being on the team he could be he would probably be able Rocky to because
0: then he would bring them the championship so the last team the last team i think this is another expansion franchise and i think there's one guy it's just it, 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 it's randy johnson you you brought up the point uh,
1: off air before that you know Randy Johnson pitched uh, for the Seattle Mariners was a, was a very good pitch for them he actually pitched ten years for Seattle and only eight years for Arizona eight years is enough as I said eight before. years especially and the stats were better with Arizona than they were with Seattle
0: he brought them their championship right there you go that and my and, and number two guy right helped who, helped to get them that right right with, with, with it's just that. Luis Gonzalez had some
1: really good seasons. He hit fifty-seven home runs one year. I still can't understand how he that did was, that because he never did anything like that. No, that was or like after. a
0: complete outlier in right, his career. Right, right, and then you've got guys that were really good for them. I think a guy Brandon Webb, yeah, deserves to be up there. Uh, had a better
1: career as a pitcher and a longer career. Again, the guys that were identified as D backs, yeah, right? Brandon Webb was that guy.
0: So well, Goldschmidt, was, the problem so that Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt might run into is depending on how long he plays for the Cardinals. He might end up being more of a cardinal guy than a D back guy because I don't. I, he played for the. He came up late in his career. He was an older player by the time he came up. So while he played a bunch of seasons for the D backs, I don't think it was maybe no, more than I, six. I, I, the reason
1: I may not agree with that is because I, I think he's not going to have any more of those crazy good years with the Cardinals. He's a good player. He was a great player when he was with the. I D-backs. just. Yeah,
0: I just. I don't know if. Yeah, and it, 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 as time goes on, and that franchise is around longer, right. He'll be the kind of guy that falls off just because he didn't play as many seasons He'll with that He'll pushed down the list.
1: So that's the National League. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to push the American League to, to next our next week. episode yeah. because this is a really fun conversation. And it makes us really get into each team and talk and about it. Yeah,
0: and we want to make sure we actually give each team it, their due. It's just due. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on
1: Twitter at almostcoop.